Welcome back, everybody, and I hope you're ready for another officially washed sports podcast episode. I'm your host, Carson Fabian, joined by my co-host, Braden Marsh, and today is NFL Day here in the studio. This episode will be about the NFL, and we'll go over our biggest winners and our losers and some concerns for some NFL teams based off last week, and finally, our predictions. Braden, how are we feeling today? on this wonderful afternoon. Karsten, man, I'm a little sleepy, I'm not going to lie, but I am fantastic nonetheless. It's been a very good week so far. I've been catching some W's on 2K and, you know, getting some good, you know, workouts in with you. So I'm really excited to talk about this week and what's in store for the NFL. So let's just jump right into it, man. Awesome. I think, you know, this week there was there was two, two things that really stood out to me. There was a team that I think was the biggest winner and a team that I think was the biggest loser. For me... The biggest winner was the Kansas City Chiefs. Going into Tampa Bay and beating Tom Brady in that Bucks defense by two scores is something that the Chiefs needed to get done. Patrick Mahomes did he did Patrick Mahomes things on that crazy play he had at the goal line. There's a play action right back into his scramble, escaped out of a sack, runs down to the goal line, spins off of another defender from a sack, flicks it over the defense to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That was, first of all, just Mahomes' magic. I mean, he's been doing that since Texas Tech, right? It's just, it's to me still, it boggles my mind how scouts looked at him and Mitchell Trubisky and picked Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, how he didn't go number one in that year's 2017's draft. I don't know. He's insane. He's a generational talent. Definitely will be top five, top three all time by the time he's finished if he stays healthy. Um, The Chiefs overall, they just... You know, I had my doubts, you know, coming into the season. I was thinking, you know, maybe with the loss of Tyreek, maybe that's going to mess with the chemistry a little bit, but then they'll figure it out and still be a fairly solid team. They haven't missed a beat at all. Um, They have looked incredible since week one. Um, Mahomes, like you said, is just continuing to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, Andy Reid continuing to be one of the league's premier coaches. Um, And everybody's playing their role incredibly well. And the Chiefs, they just overall look incredibly solid. Yeah, they do look really good. I mean... Mahomes, I think this is their fourth game targeting nine or more wide receivers in a single game. You can only have like five eligible receivers right. like on the field. He spreads the ball and out he, incredibly well. Yeah, he's spreading that ball out. I mean, obviously he has his favorite in Travis Kelsey. Of course. And uh, but I mean they're just spreading that ball out really well. And I think this week for Kansas City was just another staple of hey we're back, like we are going to the Super Bowl this year without anyone stopping us. Well, that's kind of where I'm going to have to disagree. I think there is a team that could definitely stop the Chiefs, and that is my biggest winner of the week, the Buffalo Bills. As amazing as it is to go into the Goats' you know, home stadium and beat them by multiple scores, coming back down from 17 points against you know Lamar Jackson's high-motor offense, you know that's something that we got to you know give credit to. Um, Lamar by just straight up looked terrible. I mean, he didn't really perform incredibly well. He turned the ball over twice. He threw two interceptions, one of which was on um, a drive where they needed to just kick the field goal to put the game in Cincinnati's hands to go into overtime to give Lamar another chance. But instead, Harbaugh decided to go for it on fourth down, and Lamar just kind of threw it up for anybody to get it. He threw it incredibly late, and Jordan Poyer made a fantastic play in the corner of the end zone and made the game ceiling interception to where Josh Allen was able to um, 
lead that high-powered offense down the field to set up a game-winning field goal to walk out of um, Baltimore with the victory. Um, I think overall this is an incredibly good bounce-back win for Buffalo, you know, coming off that tough loss to Miami um, in a game that really if there was just a couple more seconds, they would have won. Um, But just at the end of the day, you just kind of have to think, you know, yeah, the Ravens, they're still playing incredibly well, but do you think they still have a true shot or do you think they just look incredibly – they look too sluggish to make some – legitimate noise in the AFC this year I think the Baltimore Ravens can definitely get there for sure I mean we we've seen two games this year where they have what up a second half comeback once was in week two to that Dolphins team and then now to the Buffalo Bills uh just I think the Ravens are just like maybe a few practices like away from a winning the AFC North I mean the AFC North is wide open this year it is anyone can take it from the Bengals Probably not the Steelers, but the Bengals and the the Ravens definitely have you know the two most highest odds to win that division. They they have a really good quarterback at Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins is back in that offense, so there's another puzzle piece added. The defense, you know, it seems like it just runs out of gas in the second half to let up these right. second half wins. That's that was a really good way of saying it. They they pretty much you know they like to try to get out as much as they can in the first half they just go 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 100 and they think they can coast which you know we've seen you know teams like you know i'm sorry to say it but atlanta where they've done the exact same thing in the biggest game of the season that everybody dreams about playing in the super bowl you're up 25 and you choke away that lead you know it's it's a very similar thing to where you got to play all four quarters if you don't play all four quarters it's just very simple you're not going to win the game it doesn't matter how good of a team you are any team can fight figure it out the light bulb can go off and they can just hit the ground running and piece you up on offense and you have no answer and by the time the game's over you've lost by you know a game-winning touchdown or field goal or multiple scores yeah i mean baltimore got got shut off or shut out in the second half so that exactly i mean they just got to figure something out, but that transitions to our biggest losers of the week. For me, it, it's, it's the Los Angeles Rams. For sure. I mean, they haven't scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter at all this year. Throughout, throughout four games, they have scored three total points in the fourth quarter, whether they're down or they're up. They can't figure it out in the last 15 minutes of the game, which is, you know, there's a saying that there's not about how it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. Right. They are not finishing well at all, and it mm-hmm. shows in the record, I mean, two and two. Off, coming off of a Super Bowl victory, you know, do you think that the that the that the energy of the team, that the morale of the team would go in headstrong to the season? Not, not like this though. Like this is a two and two Rams team. It just seems like, it just seems like something fell apart over that offseason. I don't know if it was OBJ, you know, leaving the team like he did. I don't know if it was Von Miller. You know who plays for the Bills now. If he was like, if that was such a big part of that defense that now Aaron Donald can't do anything, Jalen Ramsey doesn't look super. I mean, he looks like a top five corner, but he got beat a He's couple times. He's not making any real noise. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, my thing with the Rams is, and I told a lot of my buddies this this off season, the Rams are a one year wonder team. Um, everybody got their ring. They're they're kind of like you know, 
in some aspect the Lakers of the NFL. They built a big super team, and you know they went in, won the Super Bowl barely um, against the underdog Cincinnati Bengals, and they come in here with a sense of entitlement. They come in with a big ego, like, hey, we're the Los Angeles Rams coming out of California. You know, we got all the money, we got all the players in the world, we got the bling, we got the championship, and now they're coming in. Under, I just feel like they're flat out underestimating every single opponent they've played. I feel like McVay, as much as I like him as a as a person, I don't think he's the type of coach that is going to light a fire under your tail to get you to um, want to kick it into that extra gear and to continue to push forward no matter what the circumstance is, even in those final 15 minutes. And, you know, also that has to come down to quarterback play. I mean, looking here, Stafford – his touchdown to interception ratio is not good just to yeah. be straight up four to six. Um, and overall their offense 29th in rushing in yards per game, 30th in total rushing yards and 29th in total points. They just aren't doing, if they just did half of what they did last season on both sides of the ball, I think that they would still be a fairly, you know, above average, good to great team in the NFL. But right now, they are looking no better than the Patriots or the Steelers. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to say the Steelers. Um, They just, they haven't impressed me. I don't see them even sniffing the uh, Super, a chance to go back to the Super Bowl. They would be lucky to get into the wild card round. I think this is going to be a tremendously disappointing season for Rams fans. Yeah, it just kind of sucks watching such a great team last year go into the season with high morale and high hopes and then just completely lose it. I mean, they have a middle-of-the-pack defense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really not making that much noise. They have top, I mean, like, bottom 25th offense in the league, even with Matthew Stafford, even with Cooper Cup, who's who's a, probably top, he is the top three wide receiver in the league. He's helping my fantasy team and, out a lot. <laughs> like you just think that they'd be able to do something with that and it and it just it's painful to watch them score nine points and get pieced up by and, Jimmy Garoppolo. And lose to Jimmy G in that 49ers defense and Debo Samuel. But I mean that's I think the Rams were probably the biggest loser this week for me. Yeah. Um I was going to put the Rams but I didn't want to be a copycat. So I kinda looked down the list and there was a team that I can't believe I missed. The Denver Broncos, to me, are the co-champion, I guess, or loser um, of the losers of the week. Going in, you know, they were playing the only remaining winless team in the NFL in the Las Vegas Raiders. And I watched that game, and it was, you know, 32-23. to 23. Oh, my gosh, it looks like they put up a lot of points. It was incredibly boring to watch. Um, this um, offense behind Russell Wilson – I'm raising an eyebrow at. I get it. It's a new system, new team, new coach. Um, but you just got to kind of look and see the bigger picture that as of right now, going into week five, you're two and two. You've lost both of your games on the road, um, One of both of which you really could have won, but due to some questionable coaching decisions, um, and I'm not one to you know be too critical because we're just two guys just sitting in a studio, but um, overall, um, the the Broncos have not looked impressive, and it just kind of, to me, it raises the question, is this Russell Wilson experiment not working, or is it more so of a coaching problem? And for me personally, I think it leans more on the coaching um, uh, behind Hackett, I believe is his name, Coach Hackett. Um, he, uh, going back to week one, 
really quick. You know, when they're in Seattle, they decide to kick the field goal on fourth down or punt or whatever it was on fourth down instead of giving Russell Wilson the ball, who has been in that situation time and time again and has converted time and time again. Um, it's It just shows that I don't think this coaching staff has a lot of faith in a Super Bowl champion and a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Um, MVP candidate, whatever you want to call it, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You've got to, you know, as funny as it is to say, you got to let Russ cook. Um, you got to get the ball in his hands and let him lead this offense. And I just don't see that coaching staff doing it, which is why I don't think this um, experiment with Russell Wilson so far is really working. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think Russell's that great anymore. It seems like last year in Seattle, he kind of ran into the same problem of he would be able to turn it on one game, turn it off the next. Consistency, yeah. right. And it kind of sucks for Denver having um, Javante Williams. Yeah, tearing his ACL. Tearing his ACL, and I think it's MCL as well, and out for the season. Mm-hmm. So now they have to really remain on or lean on Melvin Gordon the third. Uh, he struggled with turning the ball over. Yeah, who's, who's struggled with fumbling the ball at the goal line. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think they're – same thing with the Rams. Both of those teams aren't – going to sniff the playoffs this year. No, I would it's that's tough, man. Tough to see. Yeah. So that wraps up our biggest winners and losers of the week. We will now go into some, you know, concerns that we have with some of the NFL teams or maybe a hot take about them. This first one is, you know, just took the league by storm watching Tua mm. get sacked like that and seeing his hands cramp mm. up in that concussion. I mean that makes my skin yeah, crawl, dude. Yeah. It was mm, it was not giving me great feelings Mm-mm. uh but i mean tua says he's doing better already he flew home with the with the team so the timetable for his return isn't determined but with him out that puts teddy bridgewater in that starting quarterback can the dolphins win without tua over these next couple weeks i i believe they can um teddy bridgewater you know he's not you know going to be someone who is going to throw for 400 plus yards a game and five touchdowns and you know put up 40 plus points on the board but he's definitely a guy that can get it done you know he's been to the pro bowl which i get it it's kind of a popularity contest but um going to the pro bowl is nothing to you know shy away from he was a premier starter in minnesota making them you know a playoff team several years um he's not a bad quarterback he's an incredibly solid backup he did he did all right in denver um, I think that it really just comes down to, is he going to be able to hit the weapons that he has? Because he has two guys, specifically with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle that he could really just, you know, kind of say, screw it. They're there somewhere. And they're probably going to come down with it because they're just so daggum fast. Um, but I think they can win. Um, thankfully, come, going back to Tua really quick, thankfully the doctor that cleared Tua to play and said that it was all right has been removed of his duties permanently by the league, um, and I we are hoping and praying for a speedy recovery for Tua. But overall, I think the Dolphins will be just fine. Yeah, their next four games are the Jets, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Lions. I mean, those are four besides the Vikings. Four, four of those or three of those teams have lo- have losing records or tied records right now. Don't sleep on America's team, though. Don't sleep on Detroit. I mean, Tua, Tua can take as much time as he needs to and as much mm-hmm. time as he wants to off. 
for those next four weeks, I mean, these aren't the hardest games that they'll play this year. Right. So I think if Teddy Bridgewater can just manage the game well enough, if Mike Gusecki can be that big body in the end zone, if Tyreek and uh, Jalen and Jalen uh, Waddle just get open enough, I mean, all he really has to do is look for those two guys and and dump it off to him. He just has to game manage well enough, which I think he will be. So And don't I, forget, you have Chase Edmonds in the backfield. You can yeah. just hand it off to him, and he'll get four or five yards of carry every play. Yeah, exactly. So I think the Dolphins will be just fine without Tua over these next couple of weeks. Now, if Tua is, like, if he makes a realization of, oh, I can't play football anymore, like, mm. I'm going to have permanent CTE, that's when my concern starts to grow for these Dolphins teams. I just don't think – I mean – Heaven forbid Tua can't play anymore. He's right. a great he's a great quarterback. He's left handed, which I love him for that. But Teddy wouldn't be the answer long yeah, term. Yeah, so they would they would have to refigure, which would kind of you know suck for them because they signed Tyreek Hill to that big contract. Mm-hmm. They they got Jalen Waddle. They got Chase Edmonds. So which would you know that would be terrible for the Dolphins. But hopefully he he does return. Hopefully he can come back and play. And that would put the Dolphins at a really good spot um, in the in the season. So I agree. Um, my I don't want to say it's you know like a hot take or anything. It's just kind of a concern for me. Um, it's about the Panthers. Um, they've you know going into this season, I heard a lot of hype about them. You know how they just they signed Baker Mayfield to this huge deal. You know it was supposed to be kind of a new beginning with all the drama that he had gone through in Cleveland since he was drafted back in 2018. Um, he had a lot of weapons on offense. You know he's gonna he's just got to hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey and then dink and dump to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and they would be fine. But so far the Panthers have looked straight up abysmal. Um, to put it lightly, they have one win against the mediocre Saints. Um, they had the chance to beat Arizona. The defense was actually playing fairly solid. Um, but this offense is, I mean, the the alarms are going off. They need to be going off at that front office or in the you know coaches' offices to see Baker Mayfield is, in, is struggling. This offense is struggling. Um, Baker, he's got the lowest QBR out of any quarterback, in, any starting quarterback, rather, uh, in the NFL with a 15.3. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not, you know, that's, if you're taking the ACT, you know, that's fairly average, but you know, for QBR, that's abysmal. Yeah. That's just terrible. QBR. It's, yeah, it really is. Um, his touchdown to interception ratio, it is positive in the touchdown department, but it's only by one. He's only thrown four touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, and he's below the top 25 in total passing yards. He's just not. He's not gone to what he was able to do back in 2020 when he finally had the new coach. There was no drama. There was, you know, it was a team with one common goal. There was no front office problems. And he was able to be the role that I feel like is going to be close to his ceiling, unfortunately, as big of a Baker fan as I am, um, is that he's just going to be kind of his ceiling is above average um, game manager style roll throwing into high 20s low 30s for touchdowns and then throwing maybe six to eight interceptions on the season because he is I'm not saying completely but like Brett Favre in the aspect of that dude just slings it if he thinks he can make the throw 
he's going to throw it and hope that, you know, the ball is going to land in the receiver's hands. Most of the time, it doesn't work, but sometimes when it does, it's a huge play. We saw, you know, week one against Cleveland when he launched that 70-plus yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. Um, But I think another thing that really is the struggle for the Panthers, other than, you know, not handing Christian McCaffrey the ball enough, which I'll get to in a second, but um, this offensive line, I don't know if you've been able to, you know, sit and watch some of the Panthers games, but the Panthers offensive line is terrible. Um, Baker has, you know, severely downgraded um, in terms of playing behind an offensive line that was pretty good in Cleveland where he didn't have a lot of excuses to now he's playing behind this abysmal offensive line in Carolina who gives him maybe a second and a half to make a read and, then he's running for his life trying to avoid defenders and make a play, which sometimes results in him turning the ball over. Um, This team overall just looks lost. They look confused. They don't look completely motivated. And I think that goes back to Matt Rule. And my question for you, um, I, I think he is. I think, you know, he's in jeopardy of losing his job. Do you think Matt Rule is going to be on the hot seat if they can't figure something out incredibly quick? Yeah, I definitely think that Matt Rule will be on the hot seat. It won't be like a, it won't be a flaming hot seat. To it's, where, it's getting a little toasty. To where, but it is getting warmer. It's getting warmer. I mean, the the heated seats are turning on. the The offense does need to figure something out, though. Mm-hmm. I will agree with you on that one. Baker Mayfield, he's he's a dog. He plays through injuries. He plays right. through struggles. I mean, he has he does have that team first and mindset. He's, he's a heck of a leader yeah, too. Man. He will he will do anything it takes to win but he's not doing what it takes to win at the same right. time. So, I don't know. I just don't like – I mean, the Panthers being 1-3, and three, they they need to – they do need to put it together if mm-hmm. they want to win. I don't think they will this season. I think it it it's kind of a, you know – A rebuild a, year. A rebuild year, and then next year when they have, they have the full season under the belt, they're able to get their draft picks in. I think they will be able to be good next year. I, but agree. I think this year is more of a hey, what works, what doesn't work, feeling out and process. Then, yeah, feeling it out. You know, maybe they could turn it on by week ten, week eleven, uh, but if they don't game manage until then, they won't go to the playoffs. Right. And then by then it will be too late, and then they'll just have to do it in hopes for next year. Yeah, I think their ceiling for this year would be you know eight and nine, maybe nine and eight, something like that. Middle. Just that would be, I think for Panthers fans, that would be a win that they could squeak out to be, you know, around 500, maybe a little bit above 500, um, which I know they're not doing. It's not an even amount of games anymore, but you know what I'm saying. Um, If they can squeak that out, I think that the Panthers um, fan base, I think the organization as a whole would be like, okay, with all these new pieces and everybody's figuring out, we were able to, you know, get a mediocre season, an average season under our belt. Now let's go to the draft. Let's get Baker some offensive linemen to block for him and to block for Christian McCaffrey so he can be the workhorse that the Panthers really need him to be. Because at the end of the day, regardless of who that quarterback is for Carolina, Christian McCaffrey is that number one option regardless. So um, I think going forward, you know, they just need to keep trying to figure this out and just to hopefully – squeak by and get an average season and just rebuild for next year because this year sorry Panthers fans it's just not going to happen for you guys making the playoffs yeah speaking of playoffs somebody somebody that went to the playoffs last year went to the NFC championship or divisional the divisional championship sorry and then lost to the 49ers the Green Bay Packers 
I think they're in a little bit of trouble. I, agree. I mean, last week they were favored by nine and a half points to the Patriots. Big Bailey Zapp, baby. Bailey, com- Bailey Zappi comes into a Brian Hoyer injury in the first quarter and takes the Patriots team to overtime with the Packers that were favored by nine and a half points. That's two scores. The Packers did end up winning on the game-winning field goal, but that doesn't really matter. It's the fact that they ne- they need to look more dominant with Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, the top five quarterback in the league. I mean, gar- I mean, granted, he doesn't have the 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 star-studded wide receiver he did with Devontae Adams last year, but he has Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, who are finally finding some chemistry. He has a dual-threat backfield with AJ mm-hmm. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. So the Packers have to start turning it on or else, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is a fantastic quarterback, but he can't be the savior of the team if there's nothing to save. Right. Um, my deal with Aaron Rodgers is, and I will say this until, you know, I, this is a hill I will die on. He is probably the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. But when that postseason comes around, he just – you know, he seems to just kind of go to stage left or stage right. He's he's out. He's not himself. He's not playing like the back-to-back MVP we've seen the last two seasons. Um, he's not playing, you know, like the the guy who won a Super Bowl, you know, a decade ago. He's – he just – he looks incredibly sluggish. Like you mentioned, the divisional game against San Francisco completely was not a factor and, you know, what you say about having star-studded receivers and everything, yes, that helps. But at the end of the day, you're a quarterback who's been for – who's played for this franchise for 16, 17 seasons now. And you're widely regarded as one of, if not to some, the greatest of all time. You should be able to hit who at whomever, you know, as a receiver. Just, you know, I hate to bring him up, but Brady, his first – six and a half seven years in the league nobody can name me a receiver that he threw to he threw to nobody's and then he got Randy Moss he got Wes Welker obviously and then he got Gronk and Edelman later on um but for the first you know almost decade of his career he was throwing to absolutely nobody's and he had three Super Bowl rings Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day yes it does help to have you know guys like Devontae Adams but I think Aaron Rodgers, he like you said, he still has the weapons to get it done, and he just hasn't looked incredibly impressive. The Packers are not the dominant team that they once were, playing with you know the New England Patriots, who were led by Bailey Zapp out of Zappy, excuse me, out of Western Kentucky. You know, it's I I would have to agree the Packers are in deep trouble. You know, I think you know if they do make the playoffs, it's going to be an incredibly early exit. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be questioning whether or not he wants to continue playing football. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Speaking of, you know, quarterbacks, Dak Prescott being out with that thumb injury, everyone thought that the Cowboys season was over. But Ourselves included. Cooper Rush walked into the scene. He's like, hey, guys, I can actually play football. Being 4-0 on his career, being 3-0 this season, Cooper Rush has won every start so far. But can he continue that? I mean, Dak, Dak is out for probably another week to two weeks. He's really hopeful to come back in two weeks, but he's definitely out for this week. Can if if Cooper Rush plays really well and Dak comes back, I mean, can they can the Cowboys still win with Cooper Rush these next two weeks? Um, let's see. I I truthfully think that they can. 
I think that uh, Cooper Rush, you know, he knows this system. Like you said, he's 4 0 um, as the starter. He knows the Cowboys system incredibly well. You know, he's been in the league for, you know, some time now to where he's been able to, you know, figure this out. And he's not looked bad. You know, look at the game last week against New York. Um, he, I mean, I get it, it was the Giants, but he was piecing up that defense. He looked incredibly solid to be kind of like what we've been talking about with Teddy Bridgewater being that game manager style um, role that we would like to see out of him. Um, if he can continue to do that, he just needs to get by a little bit longer. I mean, Dak, you know, he'll be back. It'll be, you know, like nothing had ever happened. The Cowboys will continue to, you know, hopefully build off of this when Dak comes back. You know, they have they have the Rams on Sunday who have not looked impressive at all. I think that's a winnable game. I know it sounds shocking to some if you told me if I told you last year the Cowboys are gonna beat the Rams, hope probably in twenty twenty two. But Cooper Rush, like I said, he's looked incredibly solid. I think, you know, he's got good chemistry with these wide receivers. Um, you know, I think Zeke needs Zeke really needs to figure it out. He's kind of that missing piece of the offense who has been a shell of himself in the past, you know, couple of seasons. You know, he has gotten over a thousand yards, you know, but it's just it just seems like he's holding back a little bit. And, you know, they got two tough games these next couple of weeks. So if D- Dak is in fact out these next two weeks, um, I think it's doable, but it's going to be an incredibly difficult challenge for the Cowboys to go two and zero next week with in the next two weeks with facing the Eagles there. Yeah, I mean you brought up Zeke. He has one touchdown on the year, so I don't know what it is. Something about that. Maybe it's the offensive line not being able to block. Maybe it's just Zeke, you know, regressing. I didn't really like that big contract he signed to begin with. I didn't either. Uh, I know a lot of people think he's overpaid. But, yeah, if the Cowboys can win next week with Cooper Rush going and then going into a potentially undefeated Eagles 4-1, and one, that NFC little picture, that NFC playoff picture, even though it's our, like it will be week six, will still be that, – that will be a great, you mm-hmm. know, matchup. 4-1 and one Cowboys going off against the un, unde- only remaining undefeated team in the league. That will be a good game. But this week against the Rams, I do like the Cowboys' odds against them. If you know we were just we just got done dogging on the Rams for right. not looking good against the 49ers. If Micah Parsons can get to the QB and play that you know kind of rover middle linebacker outside linebacker spot, then I think the Cowboys do have a really good shot uh, yeah. to beat the Rams this week. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. I think you know we can kind of both agree that like we said the Rams are not going to be anything special in that the Cowboys definitely um, regardless of who's taking the snaps if they could continue to just put points up on the board they're still going to be a decent threat to the NFC so uh, with all that being said Karsten I think it's time for us to move on to some of our uh, predictions we've got for this week yeah we this week I have a really I have a really wild prediction and then kind of a, a lock that I think will most likely happen. My wild prediction is that the Giants go and beat the Packers in London. Whew. For the first time, London will see two winning record teams, so that will be really exciting for people who like football in London. The Giants are 2-0 and in international play. The Packers are favored by eight, so that does bring some concern, but this is a wild prediction, so 
hear me out. Daniel Jones musters up the strength to play well against the Packers. He plays well enough. Saquon has another huge game, and the Giants will get their first interception of the season. Hopefully, too. You know, they are playing Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is 6-1 with no interceptions thrown. Um, so, if they can get Aaron Rodgers to turn that ball over just once, I think that the Giants will somehow find their way beating the Packers in London. I think I'm that, you know, it's not ridiculous to say that. It's really not, given how the Packers have looked. Um, they've looked incredibly sluggish. They have not looked dominant. Um I think both of these teams, I can't believe I'm saying this right now, are fairly evenly matched, regardless of how the predictions are saying, you know, that the Packers are going to probably beat the Giants. Um, I don't think Daniel Jones really hasn't played too bad. I think that offensive line for New York is incredibly um, bad, just to put it lightly. Um, just watching the game against Dallas, um, he looked, you know, he had no time to throw. So if you know, this Packers defensive line is going to be able to get through and get to Daniel Jones. It's going to be incredibly hard for him to stand back there and make the throws that he's been able to make when he has time. Um, but that, you know, that uh, New York defense very well could force Aaron Rodgers into a turnover or two. Because, um, I mean, I, it sounds redundant, but just the Packers are not good this season, regardless of having a winning record. They've not looked impressive. Um, I like that take. Um, so... I don't have any. I don't have anything wrong with it. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I don't have anything wrong with it. I think New York can go into London and take care of business against the Packers. Um, my prediction for this week might be a, it's probably the craziest one, and it has it might hold a little bit of bias to it. But I think that Carolina is going to be able to kind of figure it out this week. I think that uh, they've had a talk you know it's like guys we're one and three we really got to step it up we got to figure something out bake you're gonna have to start making plays but you're gonna have to you know find the open man and stop missing all these wide open receivers like you did last week line you're gonna have to hold up just hold for a little bit longer they need to give christian mccaffrey the ball more it's just end of story they need to give christian mccaffrey the ball more i get it baker mayfield has had a fairly decent career overall in terms of passing the football um but at the end of the day, Christian McCaffrey is, when he is healthy, he is a top three running back in the NFL, and he needs his touches. And so far this season, Carolina has really allowed one game to where he's been able to get the touches that he needs. Um, but I think that needs to be incredibly more consistent. They need to give McCaffrey 15 to 20 touches a game um, in order for them to be successful that way you can open up the passing game for Baker you know instead of making him feel like okay I'm the first option I got to make all the I'm the I mean I get it you're the quarterback you're the centerpiece but you know that rushing attack for McCaffrey can open up so many more things for the offense like allowing a bootleg or something like that to where you can launch it deep um, I just I don't like the 49ers with Jimmy G I never have I still can't believe they made the Super Bowl a few years ago um, I just I don't think they've looked impressive. They lost by because of a safety to the Broncos. Um, I think Carolina is going to be able to have an upset victory over um, the 49ers this week. I think it's going to be an incredibly close game, but it's going to be very low scoring. But Carolina is going to be able to squeak that out, and that's going to be something that can kind of light a fire, hopefully, underneath this team. And Matt Rule can cool off his hot seat. 
Yeah, that's not going to happen for me. I don't think whatever you just said and all that you said will not happen. Sorry, Brayden. No, but dude, it's fine. That's why it's a hot take. I think the 49ers go in. They played well against the Rams last week. I think they will do it again. I think they'll take care of business. I know you don't like Jimmy G. I personally do. I think if a quarterback can lead a team to the Super Bowl, obviously he's decent enough to win. So I think the 49ers will go in there and uh, beat the Patriots. I mean, they're favored by six and a half. So it's the Panthers. It, sorry, the Panthers. But I think that they'll go in there and take care I mean, of business. It's, I, don't, like I, said, it's, I don't care if they're playing at home or away. I know the 49ers are 0-2 this season when they're playing away. But I don't I don't think it matters. I think this this week will be Both teams haven't impressed me enough and I feel like it's a battle of the two mediocres and I anything can happen, man. It's the NFL. Right. right. Well that's kind of our wild predictions, you know, but we also have things that we think will definitely for sure happen. For me, I think the Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated into week five. I think they go beat the Cardinals. They cover their spread of five points, which is which is only one score. I think the Eagles will probably win by a touchdown or two. So I think that will happen first of all. Jalen Hurts has a rushing and passing touchdown every game this season. The offense is second in yards per game and fourth in points per game. And that defense is playing stellar. Third in yards allowed per game and tenth in points allowed per game. So they have a top five offense Top five defense, and when you put those two things together, you get an undefeated streak of five games going in, going against Arizona, and I think they take care of business. I mean, I know it's at Glendale. I know the, the Cardinals stadium can get kind of loud, but it doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts, it is his season. It's his season to win, and Jalen Hurts will go and take care of business. I will 100% agree with you on that one. Um, Jalen Hurts is – Definitely the best quarterback to come out of Oklahoma in the past, you know, five years with Baker, Kyler, and then himself. Um, it's a battle of those two, you know, battle of the school's two top two QBs. Um, but like you said, Philadelphia has looked incredibly solid since week one. Um, they are the front runners of the NFC right now. They're the best team in the NFL. Um, they look fantastic is an understatement. The Cardinals, you know, I think – the card the Cardinals biggest problem is turning the ball over and waking up too late um they can put points up on the board they can win ball games Kyler Murray can win you guys ball win not you guys but can win ball games for the Cardinals um and this team is solid but it just comes down to coaching and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury regardless of how successful you know the Cardinals have been the past couple of seasons I don't think he's the answer um and I like you said I think Philadelphia is going to go in there they're going to take care of business um, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think, you know, Philadelphia probably will put up 30 or 40 points, and then Arizona puts up, you know, maybe 10 to 12 points less than that maybe um, with the exception or with the fact that they're just going to wake up too late. And by the time they start figuring out their stride and figuring out this Philadelphia defense, it's going to be all, you know, too little too late, and Eagles are going to remain the only undefeated team in the NFL. Right. So – with that being said, here's mine. Um, I think this one's a little bit more realistic than the uh, hot take. I think Cincinnati can go into Baltimore and take care of business against the Ravens, um, especially with how the Ravens looked last week playing at home. I get it. It was against the Bills, who are a top, in my opinion, a top two, top three team in the NFL right now. Um, 
Lamar has looked he looked sluggish. You know, anything can happen. He can bounce back and throw for 400 yards to completely prove me wrong, and the Ravens beat Cincinnati by 30. But the way this Ravens defense looks um, and with how this Bengals offense is kind of finding their identity again in a way, they're starting to um, figure it out. I feel like um, they are coming off of a good win against Miami, regardless of the unfortunate accident that happened with Tua. Um, a win's a win. They were still able to pull it out. Um, big win at home going into Baltimore. But the Ravens have a bottom five defense in terms of yards allowed um, per game. And like I said, this offense is figuring things out. They're starting to um, be more consistent. Burrow is looking much better than what he did um, where he threw four interceptions week one. Um, I think we're starting to see Joe Shiesty again. I think Jamar Chase is still, you know, a premier receiver in the NFL. I think Higgins is another, you know, good option, you know, wide receiver too for them. I think both of them are um, finally being able to um, fit flow with this offense that had looked kind of dead in the water the first couple of weeks. Um, I just, I feel like that's kind of my take on it. I think since he's going to go in there, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think they'll do enough to get by by 10 to 15 points. Lamar is probably going to have a turnover or two. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of my deal. I don't think either of these teams are, you know, out of, like you said, they're not out of playoff contention whatsoever. I think they're the front runners for their, their, their division. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of this head-to-head matchup, Cincinnati's going to pull off uh, the victory. Brayden, I know this is your lock of the week, but I'm going to have to go against you on this one. I do like the Ravens. I've always liked the Ravens. I love Omar Jackson and what he's able to do just on the field. I also love Mark Andrews. He's proven himself to be tied in one in the league, Mm -hmm. potentially, over Kelsey. But as little or as bad as the Ravens' defense is, I just don't think that the Cincinnati Bengals' offense has proven enough. They... I don't if Tua doesn't get injured in last week's game, I don't think they win that game. Even though they had the coolest jerseys and the they you really know and did. some really cool helmets and you know end zone paintings, I don't think any of that comes into play if Tua when if Tua just stays healthy. Like, I mean, granted it was last week's decision. I think he was kind of I think he, he was sat incredibly out, rushed. But I just think if Tua stays in that game, they don't win that game, and then we're not even having this conversation anymore. The Bengals are one and three, and the Ravens are two and two, both giving up second half, you know, big point differential losses. I think that the Ravens favored by or not favored by three, but with the Ravens, you know, being at home, I think Baltimore just takes care of business in that department. I mean, that's a fair take to say, but I mean, the deal with Tua is he wasn't looking that impressive against Cincinnati he had he turned the ball over he had he had a QBR of 39 um he didn't look all that great against his Cincinnati defense who really isn't that impressive regardless um you know that's it's cool we got our differences but um I feel like you know Cincinnati I do think they are really starting to find their stride and I think that this is a game to prove that the team that was able to make it to the Super Bowl is still alive, it's still well, it's still going to be a premier threat in the AFC North and the AFC in general. Um, It's going to be an exciting game regardless. Um, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up 
Thursday's episode of Officially Washed Sports Podcast. Thank y'all for listening. Check back in with us next Tuesday where me and Braden are officially going back in the studio. Thank y'all for listening. Peace.